Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode of Sovereign Self. This is Zofia Renea Morales, and I have an amazing guest today. Today, we are going to discover our purpose from the storm. And with me, I have Dr. Chinwe Okudo. She is a doctoral prepared family nurse practitioner, a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner, and a certified master life coach. She's gone through many challenging life events, including rejection, domestic violence, and abuse. She overcame it all, and through the help of the one who made the universe, she reached milestones she'd been told were impossible. Today, she currently leads nonprofit organizations, including Become and Excel, where women are empowered through education and coaching, the Inspired Woman Fatherless Girls Foundation, whose mission is to empower young girls and pregnant teens, and she also runs a thriving private practice called the Balm of Gilead, Health and Wellness Center located in Baltimore, Maryland, where she and her team help individuals with mental health challenges and body image needs regain their lives and self-confidence. She is the author of the book, Celebrate Your Uniqueness, available on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, and all those great places you go and get books. (laughs) And The Wellbeing and Beauty Guide, another ebook. She is a loving wife and a proud mother to four handsome boys. Welcome, Chinwei. I'm so excited to have you here with me. It's my pleasure, Zofia. It's a honor to be on this show tonight. Thank you for having me. That is such a lovely accent. I know there are people out there who are going to go, where is she from? So where are you from? I am originally from Nigeria, West Africa. Nice. Tell me a little bit about your early life before you realized that you were held in the palm of the most powerful source creator <laughs> tell me what that was like oh wow that's um that's a great um we're thinking about it right now it's a great beginning even though normal eyes wouldn't see it as that 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 great beginning whoops and what it was because now that i know better i understood that god had a plan from the beginning so i am that you know little girl that grew up and didn't grow up in the normal atmosphere because from my culture there's some things that they do not accept and one of that is being um, burned out of wedlock and growing up I just knew that my mom was this young girl that um, I really didn't know who my dad was but I wasn't bold enough to ask those questions I just Mm. knew my grandparents were loving they they were just the the best that I could have. They 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 disciplined me a lot, especially my grandmom. But I knew I had those questions in my head. But who in the world is my dad? But I couldn't ask that question. So um, that because of the fact that I know how I was born, it kind of sh- whoops shielded me. It made me not want to get involved a lot with um. Or people my age made because of that fear that I don't want anybody to ask me, okay, so who's your dad or who is this? And that kind of um that um kind of um challenged me a lot growing up. It affected my self-esteem. 
when others are playing, I wasn't really allowed to do a lot of things that my mates would normally do because mm -hmm. out of the fear that my grandmom had that I would go out and get pregnant and come back and have a baby just like my mom. And it was, it was trouble. I, I, I was, <laughs> every little thing I did, I, I couldn't get away with nothing. And that fear kind of kept me. It was like, when I'm going, I'm so fearful because I feel like she's following me everywhere I went because she was not having no excuses or no stories out of me. So it was tough growing up. It was, I went through a whole lot of challenges. I remember when our house got born, that's my grandparents' house, and I had to live with some family members. I could tell you, I went through a lot of challenges. Some of them turned me into a slave. I, I was made to do things that I wasn't supposed to do. Sometimes if I could go to school, I would have to go and sell some some stuff before I could go to school and the class sometimes starts at 7 30 and I'll find myself still out there supplying goods in the stores when it's already 9 30 and it, it continued then I was moved from that family to another of my uncle and the wife literally turned me into a slave it was horrible what I was put through and I will remember those days she would tell me you think you're saying your uncle, she's, he's your distant relative. Don't even say he's your uncle. And I could remember those days, my uncle will come back from work and he will leave some food for me to eat. Immediately he goes into the room to change or something. And the wife will come and look at me like, if you dare eat in that plate, I will hurt you. And I will quietly carry the food and go to the kitchen. And she'll be like, don't you dare eat in my dining table. And I will wow. go into... Yeah, I will go into the kitchen and while I'm in the kitchen trying to eat that food, she will come right in there and be like, don't you dare eat with my husband's spoon. You better go find yourself a spoon. And I will go with tears covering my eyes. I will go find another spoon to eat that food. The one that happened that was really heartbreaking was when I was sick and my uncle had given me some money to buy some medication and the light bulb in my room was burnt and he also left me some money on the table. It makes me, I, I kind of choke up when I start telling this story. Just bear with me. Uh, okay. Yes. So <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot for a young girl. Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's a lot of pressure and a lot of, of petty hatred, really. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, he left me some money. He was like, go buy some medication and also put some light bulb in your room. So I left the money on the table. She came out and saw the money after my uncle had already gone to work. She was like, what's this money for? I'm like, oh, it's for um, the light bulb in my room and also to buy some medication. She was like, medication, let that medication kill you right there. And she took the money and went into the room, kept that money. My uncle usually come back from work around 6 p.m. And she kept that money until it was around 4 p.m. And then she went and brought out the money because she knows that once my uncle comes back, he's going to ask, did you get the medication and how are you feeling? So by 4 p.m., she went and brought out the money. I was like, you better go get the medication. I was like, no, I will not be getting that medication. You can keep that money. If I die, I die. But I will not get that medication. You can keep the money. It's your husband's money, so keep it. I was so heartbroken. I couldn't, I was just in tears all day. I cried my eyes out and she insisted that I must go get that medication because she knows she was going to be in trouble when my uncle comes back. Eventually I went, I still didn't buy the medication because I was, I was determined not to buy that medication. I just bought some light bulb, came back, 
and went and changed the bulb and all that. But after that incident, I had to travel back to my grandparents and told them, you know what, I cannot stay in this house anymore because this woman is really mean. This is what I've been going through. My, my grandmom was so heartbroken about that. But eventually I left that house. But till today, <laughs> one funny thing is that my uncle don't even know how I, why I left his house because the letter my grandmom gave me to give to him, she tore the letter and never showed it to my uncle. So, um, so today, my uncle doesn't know how and why I left his house. He just knew that I, I, he came back and I was gone. Didn't know what happened. And I decided not to get into all that and just leave it to be the way it is. But, you know, this, this was what it was growing up. It was a whole lot of challenges, a whole lot of, a whole lot of heartaches that I went through growing up. At that point, sometimes I remember I would cry because of that fear that my grandmom had. Like I said, when I do a little thing that a normal child would do, I couldn't get away with it. Sometimes yeah, it's all blown out of proportion. Yes, yeah. everything was blown out of proportions. I could remember one day um, she went out to see, to see her friend. I couldn't stay in the house by myself because I was scared. So I stepped out to um, the, the, the store in front of our house to stay there so I could see her coming back. And for some reason, I think I was talking to someone in the store. I didn't know when she had passed by. So by the time I turned around, she had already gone home and was coming out. And I, here I was innocently running to go meet her. Oh, mama. Oh, I didn't even know when you went back. Right in the middle of the market, like it was a market, not just a store, like a market where there are stores and a lot of cars passing by right there. And then she beat the hell out of me and was like, where have you been? You want to go get pregnant for me? Where have you been? I cried my eyes out. I was like, oh my goodness, I did not do anything. I was just right here waiting for you to come back because I was scared that you will go. That, that I was scared that I don't want to be there by myself because it's a big house that had like about 22 rooms. It's a big house. And I was the only one in that, in that house. I was scared of just being there by myself. I didn't do nothing wrong, but she was scared. That fear of me getting pregnant out of wedlock, like was just at the peak of her head. And every little thing I did was a problem because she did not want to hear that story. Oh. I mean, I, Till tomorrow, then I really, I really was so mad at her growing up. I really, really was so mad because I felt like she hated me. But when I grew up, I understood that everything she was doing was out of love and fear. But that really damaged me. That really affected my self-esteem a lot because I was not allowed to play with other kids. Mm. then back in Nigeria there's um like during Easter or Christmas periods there's this dance that they have where kids will go out learn how to dance and then they will go around and dance and people will give them money I will watch other kids practice that dance and I was never ever allowed to do that <laughs> because she was so scared that if I go out to go practice that dance I was gonna get pregnant and I would beg I would like mama can I please just go and dance with them She's like, you're not going anywhere. You will stay right here and watch them. You're not going anywhere. I'm like, what kind of life is this? I yeah, not... you're, you're paying for your mother's sins <laughs> over and over and over and over, right? <laughs> and my mom wasn't, it wasn't even like, my mom was, was an innocent woman that was taken advantage of. She was, it wasn't like she was a prom promiscuous woman. She was just a little young girl that was only 17 and was, cornered by my dad coming back from school oh come on I have a message for your dad and she came over and 
that and and she she was taking advantage of and out of fear she couldn't even tell anybody what happened to her at that age of 17 she was engaged to be married and never allowed the the man um, that that she was engaged to, to touch her she said when i'm when i'm 18 or i'm old enough for marriage then we can get married then never allowed him to touch her or anything but this incident happened she was fearful she couldn't I mean, back home, we don't we don't talk about things like this. We do, when things like that happen to you, when you're raped or you're you're forced to do things you're not supposed to do, a sexual abuse, anything happened, it's a top secret. Nobody is supposed to know about it. So she mm -hmm. was not bold enough to tell anybody what happened to her. She was pregnant for nine months, and nobody knew she was pregnant until the day that I came in on wow. the first of January. She surprise. Yes, I was a New Year's surprise. I was a New Year's surprise. Nobody knew I was in there. Nobody knew. At some point, she said, she said at some point, maybe about six months or so, uh, she felt like there's a movement or something, but she wasn't, she was like, this, I don't know, like, this is not possible. It, it was just it one. gas, right? <laughs> yeah, it was just one incident. I mean, I couldn't be pregnant. She was still seeing her period, like she said, but even though it wasn't like as it wasn't flowing as it would normally flow, but she was still seeing her period each month. She was not showing. Nobody could tell. I mean, you can imagine she has big sisters and everything, and nobody could tell she was pregnant at all. So I mean, it was later on. I was like, when I started thinking about this, I was like, God must have an assignment for me, for Him to hide me that way, and mm -hmm. make sure that nobody knew I was in there. They gotta be a purpose. Yeah, they gotta exactly. be something. <laughs> they, they gotta be something way bigger than everyone knows that made him hide me right in there and make sure that I was not aborted. Because had it been they knew about that, maybe she would have been forced to have an abortion or something. I don't know. But God kept me. God shielded me right in there that I would not be aborted. And on New Year's Day, she just went for a New Year's um, Eve celebration, came back with um, with her cousin, sat down and was like, oh, I feel this pain in my belly. And my grandma was like, what pain? What do you mean pain? She's like, I don't know, I feel this pain. She was like, what kind of pain is that? What did you eat over there? She's like, I drank some soda. And she's like, what kind of soda did you drink? She's like, just regular soda. But the pain kept on coming and she couldn't bear it no more. She just got up from where she was sitting and went into the room, sat down on the floor and lo and behold, I showed for it yes. and, and, and she screamed and my grandma came into the room and saw a baby's head and screamed herself like what in the world is that yeah and completely baby, unprepared <laughs> I thought it was indigestion <laughs> baby what is that so it was a rude awakening on a new year's day I mean my granddad was like like when she ran called my granddad he came in it was like I mean, out of that shock, he was like, you better carry that thing that you just pooped out of you and find somewhere and go. Because you both are not staying in this house. I don't know what is this. I don't know what you just did. But whatever this is, you better find your way out of this house because I'm not having this in this house. Not wow. from you. It's not happening. It was a shock. It was yeah, a no, awakening. No, no questions about how it happened. Just there's the door. Nothing. That's the yeah. door. You take that thing and get out of here. I'm not having this in my house. Because 
I mean, my mom was that one, the innocent one that nobody ever, ever expected that to come out of her. So, I mean, it was, it was a big, big, big surprise. And I mean, the whole family was in shambles on that very first day of the year. Yeah. Everybody, everybody's supposed to be celebrating and here oh. they were lost and confused, not knowing how this happened. All they know is that there's a baby in their house, didn't know it was coming so that they can at least prepare themselves. Nobody was prepared for me. Yeah. So as you got older, uh, you were going through all these dramas and traumas within the family. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that eventually play out? I know you eventually made it to the US. So tell us that story. Oh my goodness. So that story kept on. I eventually got into the college. And while I was in the college, I started having students. Even before getting into the college, I was having a lot of students. And I was kind of fearful. I didn't want to make mistakes. And I kept on turning a lot of people down. And um, the very last person that I actually accepted to marry, it was actually my pastor that turned around and said, oh, that's not your husband. You cannot marry him. And I mean... I was, I really wanted to marry him because he was a very nice guy and everything, but he said, no, you cannot marry him. I don't think you both have the same belief and all that. It was a whole story and I had to call off that engagement. So my family that knew him was so mad at me because they knew he was um, a great guy. Like, why would you call off that engagement? What is wrong with you? What did he do? Nothing. I mean, everybody was like, what did he do to you? I said, nothing. I mean, my pastor said he's not my husband. So I'm just, I'm following the spiritual guidance. I'm just just following the spiritual guidance. And my family being from a Catholic background doesn't understand stuff like that. They were like, what in the, what kind of stupid story is that? Like, Somebody did not do anything to you. And all of a sudden, you're just going to say, okay, because my pastor said so, you're not going to marry him. No, you have to explain yourself. But I was, I couldn't, I had no explanation. All I knew was that this is what I was told. And I'm just following my pastor's directions and I'm not going to marry this guy. So they didn't, they didn't find it funny. And yeah families don't find that funny I know they did not find it funny at all so fast forward this thing happened February I believe it was February of 2013 and fast forward to December that same year here comes this guy from the United States and I don't even know him I mean, it was a cause, a step cousin that they found for him to marry. But the sister came, saw the cousin, and said, "Okay, um, I don't, li- I don't like her or whatever." That I didn't know. They went and told the, the guy that they found someone else for them, and which was me. I didn't know anything about this. And lo and behold, he came and was like, "Oh, um, I wasn't there the first time they came. I left for somewhere with my aunt, and we came back and there's this, this guy and the lady that came to look for you." I'm like. A guy and a lady. I don't think so. I don't know any guy and any lady that will be coming to look for me. So uh, it's not me they're looking for. The yeah, last, they must be confused. They must be confused. <laughs> the last guy I spoke to was okay. February, and I don't know any guy. I'm not talking to anybody. I don't know what they're saying. Okay, I'm I'm going to pause you right here because we're coming up on our first break already. I'm definitely looking forward to hearing how this plays out with the guy (laughs) and the lady. (laughs) If you are out there listening to us today, we thank you so much for joining us. And before we go to break, I'd like to invite you 
to write down a few of the really difficult things that have gone on in your life, especially when you were young, um, because frequently there are hidden gifts in those experiences. And I'd like you to have that list in front of you so you can take an opportunity perhaps to look at that through different eyes as you listen to Dr. Akudo's story. And hang with us. We'll be right back from the break. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renea Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to TellZofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's TellZofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. In a Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales, and I'm here with Dr. Chinwe Okudo. And she was telling us about this mystery lady and man who came looking for her one afternoon. What was that about? Okay. So, like I was saying, they came and I wasn't there. Eventually, they came back. And I came out. They were like, okay, they came back again. I'm like, they came back again. And okay, let me go find out who these people are. And I came right right outside stood out there i was looking at the vehicle i don't know i don't know this man i couldn't recognize the lady in there but the, the window was kind of tinted then she pulled down the window then i looked i said oh i remember this lady oh it's not me. i was like oh it's not me they're looking for they're looking for this my step cousin not me so she came down 
She was like, oh, how are you doing? Like, I'm good. She's like, oh, we're actually looking for you. I was like, oh, no. Oh, the person you're looking for is not here. I don't even, I haven't seen her in a while. What, um, uh, I don't know, what can I do for you? She said, oh, it's actually you we came for. I'm like, you came for me. How? Why would you come for me? She's like, okay, I'm going to take you to the vehicle to talk to my brother. And he's going to explain to you. I'm like, explain what? So I walked into the vehicle. I walked closer and he's like, oh, I'm so sorry that my sister didn't tell you. I'm like, tell me what? He had like, somebody <laughs> filling me in here. I'm like, tell me what I was she supposed to tell me. He's like, oh, you know, after she came sometime in January and um, she saw you, she came and told me about you. And the sister was a pastor and she said that um, she felt the spirit of the Lord told her that I'm the one and that she came and told him. And since then, she, he was like, oh, you can go back and tell her that I, that's the one that I'm going to be marrying. I'm like, I'm like, what kind of cock and bull story is this? Yeah, what on earth are you people smoking? <laughs> <laughs> slow down, slow down. Like, what are you talking about? I'm like. He's like, yeah, yeah, that's what the, she's like, oh, she couldn't come and tell me because she didn't want me to be mad at her. She decided that she was just going to let it be. And then when the brother comes back, they will come. And sometimes they, they when, just drop it on you as a surprise. That'll be and, better than preparing you. Yes. <laughs> yes. And sometimes within the year, I actually ran into her, the program. There was this pastor back then in the university. I was into decorations. I'm usually when there's a program, I'm the one that will do the stage decoration and all that. So one of the pastors was coming for a program. I finished doing the decoration. I was coming to leave at the event. And here she was coming. In the campus, she saw me. She was like, oh, how are you? You remember me? I said, yeah, yeah, I remember you. How are you? She's like, where are you coming from? I'm like, oh, I'm coming from this stage decoration for um, this pastor. The pastor is actually then a pastor, Bimbo Odukoyo. Um, she's having a program, and I was doing the stage decoration. She was like, oh, my God, I'm so impressed. Really? And she was like, I was like, okay, that excitement. I didn't know something was cooking. So I'm sure uh -huh. after she saw me, she was like, mm-hmm, that's why we chose you. I'm like, really? So when I look, I'm like, ah, is that why you were like yeah, so excited? So thinking that, like, back, so it makes thinking some sense. Back, now it makes some sense. Like, so this is what you guys have been planning. I'm like, well, let me tell you right now, I don't want you. I don't like you. He's like, how can you just see somebody and tell them you don't want them? You don't like, I said, I said, when, when I see someone that I would like right away, I will know that I would like you. I don't like anything about you. You're light skin. That's so crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, he was like, what kind of a stupid story? How you tell somebody that they're like, I'm like, well, I like some dark skin complexion. There you go. I like me some dark chocolate. So. <laughs> it was like, you're not making any sense at all. I was like, okay, well. Then I turned around and said, but well, you're too old for me. You're way older than I am. He's like, there's this guy in our country, uh, a popular um, hero in our he's Ojuku, and his wife is um, much younger. He's like, what about Bianca and Ojuku? I was like, okay, listen, you are not Ojuku, neither am I Bianca, so this is not happening. I'm not marrying you. Go find your age mate. Go find your type. I don't want you. He's like, okay, you need to think about this. I'm like, there's nothing to think about right here and right now i don't want you i don't want no parts of you you guys can get in and start living i'm not doing this the sister was like okay calm down i know you're upset i'm like no i'm not upset i'm serious like i don't want this no parts of this do i want i'm not gonna get into this thing you all can leave now enough of this joke so when i went in and told now was like what's going on so i i told her the story and she's like and what did you say and i told her what i said she's like are you crazy 
She's like, I'm like, what do you mean? Am I crazy? I'm like, I just told you I don't want the man. She's like, he's not even giving him a chance. I'm like, there's no chance to give. Like, I don't. Yeah. It, I mean, like right there. out on a whole like, bunch right of points. <laughs> like right there and then there's nothing I want from him. Like, I don't want him. Like, what part don't you understand? She's like, you're too not young and naive. You don't understand life. You need to give him a chance. I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want him. And end of discussion. I thought I was done. This did not stop. I guess he finally spoke with someone and they gave him the address to our village because then we were in the city. Normally during Christmas period, we all go to our village where you actually from for Christmas celebration. So we were, this was happening, I think on the 19th of December. So by the 22nd, we all went to the village. Lo and behold, by the next day after we got to the village, this man appeared again. I'm like, you guys are kidding me. Like, what is he doing here? Like, yeah. didn't I already finish this conversation that I don't want this man? They were like, okay, this man, as in every day that we wake up in our house, he's right there. And then he came with this spiritual stuff. He's a born again Christian. He's, uh, he's uh, one of the top officials in his church. And my family was like, okay, you said the last guy that you broke up with, that you, you broke the engagement from, you said that your reason, the pastor said that he was not, that he was not, um, that he was not a born again Christian. So what happened now? This one said he's a born again Christian. What don't you want about him? I said, I don't like him. That's all. I just don't like him. There's nothing about him. I'm sorry to use that word, but there's nothing about him that I'm interested in. So what, what finally shifted things for you? Okay. So after so much pressure, the pressure continued. He kept on coming each day. This was happening in a space of two weeks. Every single day he was in the house and the pressure continued to mount because he would not give up. And after so much pressure, after I, get, I got tired of saying no, 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 no. And everybody kept on trying to talk sense into me. I was like, okay, I don't want this. But you are, I was like, okay, at some point I was like, okay, maybe they're tired of paying my school fees. And again, considering how I was born, I'm like the family, everyone pitches in to take care of me. I'm like, okay. Maybe I'm really a burden. And they want to get rid of me. Yeah, that's what I was like. Maybe I'm really a burden um, to the family. Maybe I should just, maybe just say yes, at least if not for anything. I don't have to ask anybody for school fees anymore. I'll just go and become his responsibility. I don't know what else to, to get my, because I couldn't come up with any rational decision why I should say yes to this marriage because I wasn't, I had no peace in me to say yes. There's nothing that in this marriage that I wanted. They were like, oh, he, he lives in the United States. I'm like, I don't care about United States. That's not my, I'm not interested. Like if God proposes that I'm going to be in the United States, I'm sure he'll find a way to get me there. But this is not a reason to marry nobody. I'm not interested in going to the United States. They kept on talking. And after so much pressure, it was like two days before he left, he came from morning till night and was not going to leave. And the whole family was like, you know what? You're going to have to just give him a chance. He, um, you need to oh, go Jesus. to any he's gonna take you there. he's gonna take you there. i'm like what kind of madness is this? this this is not give him a chance this is like completely just capitulate yeah, yeah. i was like after after much pressure i was like out with tears in my eyes i just said oh, you know what okay yes 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 and when i said yes my plan was like okay i'm gonna say yes and i'm gonna tell him to go then easter his family can come and pay the bride price in my head what i was thinking was at least let me say yes, then let them get off my neck. I will go back to school and I will not come back. Mm. 
but I think they figured out my plans. <laughs> <laughs> so how did it actually play out? <laughs> and they said, no, this marriage is actually going to happen like in two days. I'm like, are you kidding me? Who gets married in two days? Like, yeah, you've no, you, I don't, I, I like, can't even well, say I, you've known him for two weeks. You've seen him for I two I don't weeks. Even, I, I don't even have any clothes to wear. I don't even have any outfit. You're just going to marry me. My aunt was like, my aunt was like, don't worry, you wear my clothes. And my other aunt was like, you just don't wear my slippers. I'm like, what kind of nonsense is this? Like, what kind of a marriage is this? Yeah, they, I and think look, you were not far wrong when you said they were looking to get rid of you. And yeah. when by the, the, the day came, I was still in the shower and they were like, oh, the marriage thing is done. I'm like, huh? I just busted out in tears in the shower, crying like, really? These people, I'm really, I'm really married. They really paid my bride price. You should see me that I was wearing my aunt's uh, dress and my other aunt's slippers, borrowed clothes on the day that I was supposed to be getting married. I'm like, oh gosh, this is not happening. I cried all day because I knew that this was not for me, that something was just not right about this. I had no peace in me. I was in tears all day when we were living. I was crying my eyes out. We got to their house. You know, when you get married, like in our culture, the people will come and welcome you. They came to welcome me. My eyes were bloodshot red. I was crying my eyes out. I could not say what to anyone. Anything they said to me, I was just in tears. I was just crying. Like, what am I doing in this house? That night, I stayed up all night like, okay, what am I doing here? Fast forward, it was time to come over here. He was like, okay, we're just going to come over here. And when you come, then I'm going to file the rest of your papers and we do the rest of the marriage. I'm like, I'm not stepping an inch with you until you do the full marriage thing because I'm not sleeping in the house with you until we are fully married. And he did everything and I came over here and lo and behold, my fears were right. I think, I don't know if I should say it was a, a payback for the hard time that I gave him, but I was, my life was a living hell. This guy will not... Yeah, I was going to say, elaborate on what living yes. hell is, because we all this, have different definitions. Yes, <laughs> this guy would not let me touch anything in the house. I was not allowed, when we're going out, before we get in the car, he would tell me, give me a sermon of how I'm supposed to coordinate myself in the car. You're not allowed to change the radio station. You're not allowed to turn the heat up or down. He will finish the lecture before we got in the car. Then, I mean... I didn't have no, like when you're coming from Africa, usually you give out your clothes and you come with only a few clothes. And I only came up with a few clothes. It was three months. He didn't buy one single coat for me. My aunt called from UK and was so mad at him. I was like, why would you not buy any clothes for her? What is wrong with you? That very day, he took me to Walmart to buy me some clothes. I don't know if it was out of the anger of the clothes he went to buy me from Walmart. We came back that very day. And then I was about 11 weeks pregnant. And, um, there was this phone in the house that is not connected to nothing. This guy stomped into the room, came right back out into the kitchen. Who, who changed the number on the phone to show one instead of zero? I'm like, what are you talking about? What phone? The phone is not even connected to nothing. What are you talking about? He's like, this is my son's phone. I came to understand that he had a son that I didn't know about. And this is my son's phone and you're playing with my son's phone. I was like, no, you're kidding me. I didn't touch the phone. I don't even know what you're saying. Before I could finish saying a word, this guy held my neck, held my back against the wall and pinned me up, took me to the room, sat me on the bed and started punching the hell out of me, held my neck. I was screaming and crying for help. 
I kept on crying and crying and crying. You're going to kill me. You're going to kill me. I cannot breathe. I cannot breathe. It's like, I'm going to kill you today. You don't know anything. I keep telling you, you from Africa, you don't know anything. This guy kept on beating me, beating me, beating until I could not, I, I screamed on, until no word was coming out of my mouth. And the point that he felt like I was turning blue, that was the time that he kind of let me go. Because then I think at that point, he felt like maybe I was going to die or something. Then he let me go. And I cried my eyes. I'm like, oh, my goodness. I could never believe that a thing like this will happen to me. I knew that something wasn't right about you, but I didn't think that it would come to the point of you beating me this way. This is so I was like, okay, you're gonna have to tell someone, or if you let me out, I'm gonna call the cops on you. He took all the phone in the house, disconnected all the phone in the house, locked the doors and held the key. Said, You're not going anywhere, not gonna call anyone, you're gonna be right here in this house with me, and nothing, nobody's gonna be able to save you. And I was just there. Literally held you prisoner. Yes. Did he yes. file your papers? Because that'll be the next trick. So he filed the papers and turned around and cancel the papers uh-huh. without me knowing that. Okay. Without me knowing that, he filed the papers and canceled the papers. Because after he had beat me up and the following week, I ended up having spontaneous bleeding and I had to go to the hospital. And he clearly said, if you're going to go to the hospital, make sure you don't give them my name. First of all, you don't have health insurance. So you better put all the bill in your name and make sure you don't call my name when you get there. Oh, and wow. I was just helpless and hopeless because I just came to this country, don't know much people. I only knew one friend then. I didn't know what to do. I just sent a bit. I just called my aunt and you can say, look at what's going on. I don't know what to do and I need to go to the hospital. And when I was coming, my aunt had given me 20 pounds. So she's like, okay, this is what you're going to do. Bring the yellow pages, open it up and you're going to find um, a number to the nearest hospital near you call a cab, find the cab numbers, call the cab. And when they come, tell them that this is the money you have. You don't have any dollars on you. If they can take that money so they can be able to take you to the hospital. And that was what I did. I called, I found the number on the yellow pages. I called the cab and they took me to um, Washington, Washington Hospital. And the guy that took me there was, was an Ethiopian guy. So when I got in the car, he saw that tears was running, rolling down my face. And he was like, what's going on with you? I couldn't even tell him what was, I was, I tried to open my mouth to talk and tears was running, rolling down my face. I couldn't say much to him. And all he, all he said to me was, I knew that something deep is going on with you and you might not be able to express yourself. But one thing I want you to know is that I'm not going to take any money from you. I will drop you off here. And if you need a ride back, this is the number you can come in. I'll come and drop you off home. God does send angels, don't they? Sure did. Yes. Sure did send that angel. On this note, I'm going to pause you right here in this story uh, because it's time for us to go to another break. So hang with us. We will be right back. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. Hey, beautiful soul. Sophia Renee Morales here. I've been doing Sovereign Self for over a year now, and I would like to hear from you. 
Tell me what you want to hear in coming shows. Go to tellzofia, that's T-E-L-L-Z-O-F-I-A.com. Drop me a quick note and let me know. How has this show supported you? Where should we go next? Or are you perfectly content with where we're going at the moment? That's tellzofia.com. Your opinion is critical in informing where I take the show next. Thank you so much and live soul first. Inner Realm is a free monthly holistic health magazine that promotes total health and wellness of body, mind, and spirit. We're a much-loved community resource for both alternative and traditional healing. We're in our 24th year of educating our readers about innovative therapies aimed at stress reduction, emotional healing, diet modification, energy healing, body movement therapies like yoga and tai chi, and so much more. Restore your soul, find your balance, and elevate your life with Inner Realm. Find us at innerrealmmagazine.com. Get Unchained. Tune in every Monday for Jane Unchained on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Featuring nationally recognized, best-selling author, TV journalist, and social media influencer, Jane Velez Mitchell. This program takes you inside a trending lifestyle that's the next wave of human evolution. It all starts on your plate. If you want to revolutionize your life, get happier, more energized, then discover the secret. Tune in to Jane Unchained Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in with us through the break. This is Sophia Renea Morales. I am here with Dr. Chinwe Okudo, um, who clearly uh, was in some really, really dangerous situations. Uh, and when we went on break, you were in the back of the cab, uh, bleeding and on your way to the hospital. So how did this play out? Oh, I finally got in the hospital and they checked and they said, oh, you're having a miscarriage. Who is your husband? I'm like, okay, now here we come. He had already warned me, don't call my name. Don't say nothing about me. I don't know you just go there. If you said you go in, don't call my name. I said, okay. I, I just gave them his number. I'm like, that's his number. You can call him. When they called him, he was like, where is he? I, I don't know anything about that. Maybe he was scared I, I, that I was going to tell them that he had beaten me up the week before, but I didn't, I didn't share that part of the story. So um, they told him that he needed to come to the hospital. So he came and all he wanted to know was whose name did I give at the receptionist to make sure that the bills are not going to come in his name. I said, well, I gave them my name and the doctor came and told him, okay, it looks like she's losing the baby at this point because she's a few days to 12 weeks. We're not able to stop the miscarriage. We're just going to send her home. And if the bleeding stops, fine. If it doesn't stop, then the baby will just clearly go out continuously until the baby is completely gone. I was screaming in tears, in pain. 
and he took me home. As he took me home, he got a few of his things, left the house, went to his friend's house, and stayed right there. Mm-hmm. Picked up the phone and called his uh, called my family and told them, oh, that you know, people get married because they want to have babies. Right now, he called my uncle in Lagos. He said, now the baby that she's pregnant with, I think the baby is, is, is not going to stay. You all can have her back because I'm done with this marriage. Mm-hmm. I was in tears. I was in tears. I was like, I can't believe that somebody can be this cruel. Here was I going through that pain. This started on a Friday. So the pain continued into Sunday by Sunday I think the Sunday was the day that the real miscarriage now took in. That was the day the blood was now gushing. And I was just there on the floor screaming and crying for help. There was nobody there with me. It was me by myself. And lo and behold, a friend of mine called. And he has said he doesn't want to see that friend in his house because he didn't want me to have communication with anyone. So when they heard me on the phone, she and her husband then, they've been married for about a year. Then they didn't even have any any child for the first year of their marriage so when I told them they said they cannot let me be there by myself they're gonna come they know he doesn't want me to come but they um, they don't want he doesn't want them to come but they're gonna come because they can't leave me there so they showed up I couldn't even get to the door to open the uh, the door for them I had to crawl out to the door and when they came in that guy he saw me there on the floor in the pool of blood and he started crying like it he's like I cannot believe that a, a, a man can actually leave his wife in this condition and walk away. Like, is this possible? This boy, this guy was in tears. He got into the kitchen. The wife, they got into the kitchen. They started looking for, because they were like, have you eaten? I've not eaten like in two days. I've not had any food because I was in so much pain. I can't get up. So they went and made me some, some, some chocolate drink. They um, found some ibuprofen or something in there and they gave me that to take and I took the ibuprofen I took the chocolate drink and they stayed right there with me for a couple of hours and while they were there my uncle and uncle were like okay I just got this call from this guy what is going on and I, I was just crying my eyes out and since all this was going on I wasn't telling my family what was going on the only time I opened my mouth to tell them what was going on was the day that he had beaten me up. I had to tell him to call my aunt in UK by himself. I said, you're going to call my aunt and tell him what you did and tell her what you did by yourself. I'm not going to be the one to tell her. You're going to tell her by yourself what you just did to me. So that was the only time that I ever told them what was going on because I was like, okay, I said I didn't want this one and everybody was like, I should go. That I don't know what I wanted. I'm going to stay here and deal with this pain by myself. So after that incident, the baby, I lost the baby and that was the day that the heart of the baby came out when I, I went into the toilet and that had dropped in the bathroom and I flushed the heart of that baby is like my heart is like I flushed my heart in the dream that day I was I was when I mean like I was destroyed that day the, I, I, I wailed I wasn't crying I was wailing I was like how can life be this cruel to me like why me why why me why me why me after that whole incident, I was just like right there in that house because I, I didn't know where to go at that point. I didn't know what else to do, but I knew I was done with the marriage, but I was just helpless. I don't, and I mean, looking for some way out, some way out. I don't know what to do. 
that point. So one day I went to church and um, he didn't come to church with me and the, the prayers was going on and I broke down in tears in church. I was just crying uncontrollably and the pastor's wife and the administrator, they came and pulled me to the corner and they were like, what's going on? We've always noticed that whenever you're in church, that you never have any smile on your face. You're always sad or you always had your husband with you and we couldn't ask you what was going on. Tell us what's going on. And I told them the story of my life. And they were like, no, this is unacceptable. We're not going to let this happen. Do you have your papers? I said, no, I don't. And from then on, they took up the case and they connected me to, I believe it was House of Ruth and then Women Empowered Against Violence. And they took over my case. They started, they gave me a lawyer. They started filing my papers for me and everything. Few months, um, few a few few weeks or few months down the road, he was ready to move out of out of state. Didn't even tell me he was moving. He was like, okay, um, okay. There was an incident that happened after the miscarriage, whereby he took all my medical records and seized it. I was looking for something and I couldn't. I noticed that the records were gone, so I asked him, like, do you have my records? Where it is? Um, where is it? And he's like, what do you need it for? Is my record? I say, how can somebody that has my name on it be your record? Remember, you told me to not put your name in the medical records. How is it now your documents? Yep. So why do you now want it? He said, well, I'm keeping it. I'm like, no, you've lied. You're going to give me my records back. That's my record. That's my story. You're not going to take it away from me. I need it. He refused. So as normally when I cry, then when he does something that I don't like, when I cry, he calls the cops on me and tell them to come and take me that I'm disturbing him. So that day, when I started crying again, he picked up the phone to call. I ran to the other room, picked up the phone myself. I called because I said, please, you all come and get my documents from this man. So when they came, they're like, what's going on? and I told them they said give him his give her her documents back he said no that's my document and they were like whose name is on there and he said my name and they said how can it be yours if her name is on it you need to release those, those documents so after that they said and when the officers came they said you need to take a walk for her to get herself because I was they saw me on the floor crying I was just frustrated so they said you need to go and he had to go to work so when he came back from that day onwards he would not talk to me. He would not say anything. And he said, okay, since you already learned how to call the cops, you better find somewhere to put a roof over your head because you're on your own moving forward. Before I knew it, he was planning to move out of the country, out of the state. Didn't tell me anything about that. When I found out, I'm like, are you planning to move? And he did tell me, he said, what business of yours is that? It's none of your business if I'm moving or not. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, you are only married. What business yes. is that? Yeah, yes. exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. At that moment, I'm like, okay, I needed to find somewhere to go. So I told the House of Ruth, I told the Women Empowered Against Violence, they made some arrangement and I had to um, leave the house and I contacted, you know, a few friends and all that and I left and he moved out of state and I, I, I was like, how am I going to survive? Like, it was, it was just a hopeless situation. I didn't, at that point, I still haven't gotten my papers, even though they've started filing for me. I didn't even know if I'm going to get it or not, but I was determined not to continue to live in this kind of atmosphere. But fast forward, I finally got my papers, eventually met my now husband. And um, I can tell you, it's not been a bed of roses. We've been through our share of challenges, but nothing compared to what I went through. Yeah, it makes person. all the difference when you have a partner as opposed to someone who thinks they own you. Yes. The first one was a slave master business. That's what it was. So, but fast forward in all this, finally, um, 
got into <laughs> one thing that he told me then was that I remember when I went to take my entrance exam into the nursing program he told me because you think you're smart in Nigeria doesn't mean you're smart here so don't oh, think you're going to pass that exam and no I went to take that exam and tears covered the papers and I could not pass that exam I failed it as he predicted and I came back he was so happy because he was like I told you so from that moment I, I made a promise to myself I said because of this thing that this man had said I know that God will help me I will eventually get into this school and I promised myself that I'm not going to stop at nothing but a doctorate program that it's going to happen at the point that he was um he was he was in his own doctorate program. He was frustrating my life. I said, I'm going to someday own my doctorate program and I'm going to use it to affect and um, to touch lives. And fast forward after all the challenges, no matter what was going on, I was able to finish that doctorate program to now finally having my own practice, even though it was. It, it, even while in school it was still a whole lot of challenges because I was going through marital problem with yeah. my now marriage and all that but God saw me through let, let me ask you a question at what point did you notice the hand of God moving you through all of this so when I really noticed the hand of God was during my final year in my doctoral program that's when I began to realize after I went through the marital problem that I went through with my now husband I was like, there got to be something that God wants to do with this whole thing. But I'm not sure yet. But because when the Lord speaks to me, I could hear him clearly. Certain things that were happening at that point, he would tell me and it would turn out to be the, the truth. So it was last year, actually, after three words of prophecy came that the Lord was calling me to helping women out of the experiences that I've had, that this is a calling that the Lord has actually called me to help other women. Finally, I began to listen to that. So sometime last, um, I believe it was August last year, I launched the program Inspired to Become an Excel, which is a coaching program to coach other women who have been through life challenges like myself to help them to understand the, the, the purpose behind the pain, to understand that they can actually turn their pain into profit. That was how that um, coaching business started. And while I was at that, the Lord spoke to me and told me that he needed me to start a foundation called inspired woman fatherless girls foundation and the foundation was to empower girls that were just like me growing up either we are born out of wedlock and had no support and their mothers to be able to take care of them because i knew the challenges i went through growing up so that was how that um foundation got breaded and the coaching aspect of it and now leading to my authoring my new book, Celebrate Your Uniqueness, which is actually trying to let the women know that they are enough, no matter what they're going through, that you are enough. Exactly. It doesn't matter what and anybody... No matter what the man in yes. your life says, no matter what your family tells you. You are enough. You absolutely. are made enough. Unique and you should celebrate that uniqueness. And this weekend, I have a program coming up for young girls as a, a part of the work in that foundation, which is called Diva, The Diva with a Purpose. And actually is a, a pre-Valentine program to empower young girls, to teach them about their purpose, to teach them about self-confidence, to teach them about um, negative emotions. Because one thing the Lord Lady in my heart is that during Valentine period, a lot of young girls are misguided by people teaching them the wrong kind of love and they end mm. up pregnant. So yes, he was exactly <laughs> to do that program, to empower them, to teach them the right kind of love and to un let them understand that there's a purpose for their life. So Absolutely. that's my story. That is beautiful. And I, I want to 
just let everyone out there know uh, that if you go to sovereignself.media, we have all of Dr. Okuda's uh, contact information out there if you're interested in her program. If you are in a difficult, to put it mildly, or untenable domestic situation, there is help available. There are ways to find your freedom right. and to, to come back into your power. Yeah. Uh, you only have to keep your eyes open and take the opportunities as they present themselves. There are many resources in the community and maybe reaching out to Dr. Okudo is, is the first step. Yes. Um, thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your story. My pleasure. I hope someone gets saved today. Absolutely. Uh, and thank you to all of you listeners who have joined us today. We do this for you. If you would like to talk to any of the previous guests, if you have suggestions for guests or topics or any of that stuff, good comments, bad comments, indifferent comments, I love to hear from you. Uh, send me an email at askzofia, A-S-K-Z-O-F-I-A at transformationspace.co. And until next week, go out and live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 